Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Hey friends, Naeem here, and this weekend is pretty special. I've asked a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, all the way from Canada to speak into our series, Why Though, on prayer. Uh, his name is Daniel M., and he is Chinese-American-Canadian. His church is called Beulah Alliance Church in Edmonton, Edmonton, Canada. And so he's got a great message for us. I'm excited about how he can pour into us. He's actually written a great book, too, called um, um, You Are What You Do and Six Lies About Work, Love, and Life. So you might want to check that out. But let's jump in and join him for Why Though on Prayer. About 13 years ago, my wife Christina got pregnant with our first child. It was a few months after we packed up our life in Montreal, sold nearly everything other than our wedding dishes, and hopped on a plane to move to South Korea indefinitely. Now, I'd be lying if I told you that I was without any hesitation. Uh, and j just to be clear, uh, <laughs> you know, every one of our children, uh, I am so grateful for, for Victoria and all of them. Uh, but if I can be completely honest with you, there was probably more fear than joy in our hearts when we saw the results of that pregnancy test. We were both working as youth pastors at the time, and we were in seminary. I was studying theology, and my wife Christina was studying counseling. And although we were working at a church of more than 50,000 people, uh, we definitely weren't bringing in $50,000 between the two of us. In fact, things were so tight that we couldn't even afford spending $3 at the cafeteria for lunch. We'd usually pack our own lunch, and if we wanted to splurge, we'd spend $1.50 for spicy tuna kimbap, uh, or sushi, uh, at the cafeteria. And on rare occasions, we'd buy fruit. Uh, but even that was stretching the budget for us because fruit in Korea was just so expensive. Things weren't glamorous by any means, but we had a calling from God, and we had really loud neighbors who would play music all throughout the night on the weekend. So, so try placing yourself in our shoes. Uh, we were barely making ends meet before we got pregnant. How were we going to afford the raising, feeding, and clothing of another human? Let alone the doctor appointments and the hospital bill for delivery and the baby carrier and the diapers and the clothes and the bottles and 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 all that and that's if our baby was healthy what if she wasn't then what you know it's hard to explain everything that we were feeling in that moment uh, you know it, it wasn't regret though uh, nor was it embarrassment it wasn't even a sense of being helpless we weren't angry 
we weren't frustrated either. And we, we weren't ashamed. We were just, we were just scared. We were scared. We were afraid of not having enough. I was afraid of not being able to provide. I, I was afraid of not pulling my weight as a husband. I, I was afraid of not being able to give my child the things that she wanted and the things that she needed. And, and Christina, she was afraid of failing, afraid of not being the mom that she always hoped to be and, and afraid of not being able to balance work and school and motherhood with, with everything else. This pregnancy just didn't fit into the wonderful plan that we had for our lives. You know, I, I wonder if it was the fear of the unknown or, or just not being in control. In either case, we were just afraid. Have you ever felt the same way, especially in this last year and a half? Perhaps you were afraid that you wouldn't have enough saved for retirement when the market crashed. Or, or perhaps you were afraid of losing your job and, and not being able to provide. Or, or perhaps you did lose your job and that sense of identity that you got from your position and, and work. And, and the, you know, the thing about fear is it's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like walking into a cobweb. You know, have you ever done that? You know, you walk into that cobweb and you're just like, you have no idea what just hit you. And, and, and you're just scared that the, the spider's on you as well. And, and for the next... 20, 30 minutes, you just kind of feel itchy because you're like, do I still have a cobweb on me? You know, it, 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 this, this cobweb seems to overtake all common sense, right? Recent reason and decency until you can just peel and shake it off. You know, that's what fear sometimes feels like. Death seems to be another one of those fear-inducing things, doesn't it? Especially when you or, or someone that you know or have known for some time, gets ill or, or takes a dive for the worse. You know, we, we may not all be afraid of the same things, but, but I do think that there are some things that are universal and that we would all experience at some point in our life, which is why uh, the Lord's Prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray this one phrase, give us today our daily bread. Mosaic Church, it's so good to be with you. I love Naeem and the vision of your church to be a diverse community that lives by faith, is known by love, and is a voice of hope. I'm honored to be bringing the word to you today as you continue your series. Today, we're going to be addressing the question, why pray? By looking at one line in the Lord's Prayer specifically. Uh, so I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13 from the CSB translation. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In this passage, Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. But I believe that both the structure of the Lord's Prayer and this one line in the middle of it, give us today our daily bread, will specifically address the why question that we're going to be addressing today. Why pray? When you look at the structure of the Lord's Prayer, it's divided into two halves. And, and there's actually intentionality around this order. The first half of the Lord's Prayer begins 
with worship as Jesus teaches us to look upward. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the first half of the Lord's Prayer. We are declaring in this first half who and what our priority, both in the universe and in our lives. And then in the second half, Jesus teaches us that prayer um, then actually moves inward and outward to the specific needs and wants that we have and that are around us. The second half of the Lord's Prayer then goes, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So why pray? Well, based on the structure of this prayer, we pray because prayer is worship. Prayer is an opportunity to declare who and what our priority, not only to our own souls, but to this world. But based on the structure, we also pray because Jesus teaches us here to bring all our needs and all our wants to him. You see that in the first half and in the second half. Jesus is a good shepherd and he wants us to keep our communication channels open between us and him. He, he wants to be the first one to hear about our needs and our wants because Jesus is our good shepherd and he cares for us. The problem is when we get the order wrong, when we only pray because our, of our needs and our wants instead of first and foremost seeing prayer as an opportunity for worship. You know, when we get the order wrong, our needs and our wants will actually begin shaping our worship rather than our worship shaping our needs and our wants. If we get the order wrong, the consequences are, well, let's just say that they're less than desirable. So prayer is worship. And that's what the first half teaches us. But the second half, starting with the phrase that we're going to be digging into today, give us today our daily bread. Prayer we see from that point onward is petition. Because Jesus teaches us here specifically to give us today our daily bread, to ask for that. So, so why, why is that, right? And what can we learn about prayer in and through this one line. Well, if you look at that verse, Matthew 6, 11, it says this, give us today our daily bread. 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 Or, or maybe it's give us today our daily bread. Where's the emphasis in this one verse? Well, when Jesus teaches us to pray this prayer, we know it's because uh, he, he wants us to bring our needs and our wants to him through prayer. But, but how exactly is he wanting us to bring our needs and wants to him? And what connection does this verse have with the end of Matthew 6, where Jesus is specifically talking about not worrying about what we have to eat or wear. Well, what's absolutely fascinating about this line in the Lord's Prayer is that there's a word that appears in this verse that appears nowhere else in the Greek language. On the one hand, this is neat. Uh, perhaps Jesus just coined a word and he was creating new language that was going to help us 
know how to pray. Uh, that's on the one hand, but, but or maybe on the other hand, while his original listeners might have completely understood uh, what he was talking about, the challenge for us is because we don't see this word being used elsewhere, we don't actually have the context. We don't really know. I mean, the original listeners might have heard it and, and used it because of the context, but because we don't see this word anywhere else, we don't have that context. So what is that word? Well, it's the word daily. Well, this word daily, uh, because it doesn't appear anywhere else in the Greek language, the Middle Eastern New Testament scholar Kenneth Bailey says um, that it can mean one of four things. Okay, daily can mean, number one, the bread of today. So it could be referring to time. Uh, number two, it could actually mean daily could refer to the bread of tomorrow. That's also time. Or it could mean just enough bread to keep us alive and no more. So it's amount, not time, but amount. Or it could be the bread we need, which is also amount. So does this word daily, is it referring to time or amount and, and which one of those things? Well, when Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread, we can either understand it as a prayer that focuses on what? On timing, right? Today or tomorrow, or amount, enough bread to keep us alive or as much as we need. What if though, okay? What if in coining this new word, Jesus was actually not just talking about either or, but what if he was creating a way to talk about both, both timing and amount. And what if he was teaching his disciples in this prayer that our Heavenly Father was going to take care of both, both the timing that surrounds everything that we're praying for, as, as well as the amount of what we actually need. What if in teaching us to pray, give us today our daily bread, Jesus was actually addressing our fears and teaching us how to pray about them. You know, our, our fear of, of not having enough. Our fear of not being able to provide. Our fear of failure. Our fear of the unknown. Our fear of not being in control. And our fear of, of sickness. You know, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we're not only giving our actual tangible and physical fears to our Heavenly Father, but we're actually also specifically doing three things. And we're going to walk through these three things in particular. Number one, we're rejecting the pursuit for a false sense of security. Number two, we are learning to live with just enough. And number three, we're learning to live with open hands. So let's walk through each one. Okay, so, so when we pray, give us today our daily bread. Number one, we are rejecting the pursuit for a false sense of security. We're rejecting the pursuit for a false sense of security. So just think about these six fears that we walk through. Have you ever made a decision, right? Maybe this past week, this past month or this past year. Have you ever made a decision because you were afraid of not having enough? Have you ever made a decision because you were afraid of not being able to provide or, or you were afraid of failing? You were, you were afraid of the unknown? You were afraid of not being in control or, or you were afraid of getting sick? So because of this, these fears, one or more of them, you, you made this decision? What's the opposite of these fears? 
Uh, what would you call it when you're not thinking about or worried about any of these fears? What do you call it? Well, it would be a sense of security, wouldn't it? You know, when we pray and ask God to give us today our daily bread, we're actually, what we're doing is we're actively rejecting the myth of security where we somehow rid ourselves of these fears. Because it doesn't exist. It's impossible. It's actually impossible to rid yourself of all six of these fears at once. It's a myth because it's false. No matter how much you make, no matter how much you save, no matter how much you've stocked up on things from Costco, you can't get rid of these six fears at the same time. Well, I guess I guess the one way you could is if you're living in complete denial, but I'm not recommending that. So when we pray and ask God, you know, when we pray and ask God to give us today our daily bread, this is what we're doing. Okay, we're acknowledging that dependence on God is better than independence from Him. Let me say that again. Dependence on God is better than independence from Him. And this is a daily prayer and a daily decision to reject this pursuit for a false sense of security. Now in this prayer, notice that Jesus isn't instructing us to pray for our our weekly bread or our monthly bread, right? It's daily. And this is why the Israelites were taught to gather manna when? Daily, right? They were taught to gather manna daily when they were living in the desert. Exodus 16, 4 says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that week? No, for that month? No, for that day. And this way I'll test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Now, I, I get, honestly, thinking daily like this isn't something that we're used to because we have refrigerators. Just think about that for a moment, <laughs> right? We have refrigerators. You don't have to go grocery shopping every single day. You don't. So we're used to not thinking about daily. We're used to thinking about weekly or Every two weeks or, or months. I mean, how often do you get paid? Is it daily or is it a week at a time or, or weeks at a time every other week? And, and you know what? There's actually, there's also insurance that you can buy in case you miss a paycheck, right? Or in case you get injured or, 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 or get into an accident or lose your job. There's insurance to make sure that we're getting our daily bread. So here's the thing though. When we pray, give us today our daily bread, this is what we're doing. We are deciding to live in daily reliance before God and with God. We're choosing to trust him rather than our ability to store things away and create a false sense of security. Well, that's the first point. Uh, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are also, number two, learning to live with just enough. Uh, you know, I, I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 to 9. Well, let me read this for you. Two things I ask of you. Don't deny them to me before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and deny you saying, who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and steal, profaning the name of my God. 
You know, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are asking God for bread. Okay, we're not asking him for baklava, we're not asking him for beignets, and we're not asking him for southern biscuits drenched in white gravy. We're asking for what sustains, not what's supplemental. Now, I get that, you know, biscuits drenched in white gravy, especially when there's, uh, you know, sausage in there and, and some coffee might, for you, be what sustains, but for most, it is actually a supplemental thing. And, you know, we're doing this with the full assurance that God knows what we truly need underneath the surface, right? God knows what we truly need underneath everything that we feel like we need and that our culture tries to convince us that we need. Uh, I remember this one um, Prime Day, you know, with Amazon. I was getting all these emails from Amazon saying Prime Day is coming up, Prime Day is coming up, and you know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't need to buy anything. I, I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't, I didn't really need anything. But I kept on getting these emails that Prime Day was coming, and there's going to be all these savings. So you know what happened? Like the first couple emails I ignored, and then as Prime Day was coming, and I saw the countdown clock, I. <laughs> I got tricked and then I clicked the link and I went on Amazon and I'm usually on Amazon buying the things that I need, you know, for my dog, some, some, you know, bones or this, that, or the other, right. Or bandages for, for, for my kids. But I, I went there and I caught myself literally searching through all the deals because I felt like I needed to buy something, but I didn't, I didn't need anything. I mean, this is the air that we are breathing, right? Our culture wants to convince us that we need what's supplemental. But here Jesus is teaching us not to pray for what's supplemental, but to pray for what we need. I love how Jesus elaborates on this prayer. And he actually elaborates on this prayer, give us today our daily bread, um, at the end of the chapter in Matthew chapter 6. So let me read this to you from verse 25 onward, Matthew 6, 25. Okay, this is an elaboration of give us today our daily bread. Therefore, I tell you, this is what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body. What you will wear isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. Well, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are learning to live with just enough as defined by and provided by our Heavenly Father. Well, you know, there's one more thing that happens when we pray, give us today our daily bread. 
When we pray this, we're also, number three, deciding to live with open hands. Uh, years ago, when I was pastoring in Korea, I remember going on a mission trip to Thailand. And um, I was serving in an orphanage with about 100 children in Chiang Rai. And I remember them telling me this story where they had run out of food and money. So the orphanage director actually over dinner called all the children and, and they were about to sit down for really their last supper. It really was their last meal because they had no money and they had no more food. And literally they, the director told this to the kids and said, children, we need to pray. Give us today our daily bread because we literally, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to eat. So they prayed. Well, in the morning, uh, the orphanage director wakes up to a call from a local farmer who says to her, you know, I'm in front of your orphanage. I don't know why. Uh, like, I, I think I, I, I've heard that you guys are doing great work with these orphans and that you're Christians. I'm not a Christian, um, but... I woke up this morning feeling like I had to give you broccoli. And now this, this farmer uh, had export grade broccoli, not broccoli to sell at the local market and all that. This was like export grade broccoli that they were gonna make money uh, with because it's, it's export grade and, and they were gonna go and, and, and bring that and sell that. But, but the farmer woke up with this nudge, with this sense that he had to give it to this orphanage. So um, the farmer was like, do you have a truck? Because I'm literally at the front of your orphanage and I would love to give this to you. So they grabbed their truck and believe it or not, they had to drive back and forth from the road. Like the truck was too big to go into the orphanage, but they had to drive back and forth three to four times to bring in all the broccoli that the farmer was given them. And you, you know what's, what's amazing? Um, they had, the orphanage had so much broccoli. They didn't hoard it. They actually, the director called up all the other orphanages and shared broccoli with them because they recognized that the broccoli and this was actually, it wasn't even theirs. It was God providing for them. So they're like, you know what? We are living with open hands. Let's, let's, let's serve and let's give with open hands as well. You know what this story demonstrates is that the daily bread that we are praying for is not actually yours. It's, it's it, the daily bread that you're praying for. It's, it's, it's not actually mine but it's ours. The early church knew this. And they lived in this manner. Acts 2.44 says this, Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. This is how Jesus modeled life and taught them to live. And, and this is how he is modeling life and teaching us how to live and how to pray in this prayer. You know, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are learning to recognize that all we have, everything, clothes on our back, cars that we drive, the bus pass that helps us get us, get around, everything. Jesus is teaching us in this prayer to recognize that everything we have is not actually mine, but it's ours. He's teaching us to live with open hands. 
shortly after uh, my eldest Victoria was born in Korea, I remember, I remember this one moment where Christina and I were literally brought to our knees because when we got home, there was a mysterious box of apples that were delivered to our door. Now you might be like, apples? I try to get rid of all my apples that are growing on my tree. Like, what, what, what's the deal? How can you feel grateful about apples? Apples are the bane of my existence. No, in Korea, uh, apples are really expensive. Like, really, really expensive. This box of apples, and they're so beautifully packaged individually. Literally, each apple would be at least $2.00. Whole box, right? Could get up to like 50 plus dollars. And we had just moved into a new place. And I told you before how financially we were doing. And we had so many unexpected expenses that, that literally walking home to a box of apples, we were floored and we were brought to our knees. You know, we named our, uh, we gave our eldest daughter the middle name Providence. Uh, because in the face of all the fears that we were living in and through, we wanted to remember that it was God who provides for our daily bread. You know, there's a reason why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread. It's because it's the only thing that'll cut down the power of these fears, and it's the only thing that'll unshackle the chains that bind us to them. So the next time you're facing any of these fears, I want to urge you to pray. Simple prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Be, best, be blessed, Mosaic. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.